0: cross-eyed radio program sponsored by joshua revolution cross-eyed is a radio talk show dedicated to proclaiming the message of the cross of jesus christ we want to encourage you to open your bibles with us as we study the life-changing revelation found within the scriptures and how to live the victorious christian life now let's go into the studio of revolution radio with your host pastor mike Chory.
1: Welcome tonight to CrossSide Radio. We are so happy and so excited to have you a part coming off the heels of the last Trump. And wow, what a night tonight, Revelation 16. That is a chapter that most people don't want to hear. Most people don't read or study, but it's soon to come, friend. And tonight, if you prayed to receive Christ, listening to that broadcast, just call the number tonight. There are people waiting to pray with you we want to send you the new bible we want to send to you uh, the book cross tonight and uh the number to call is 716-229-8000 and for those up in canada one 888 2920 and let me say when you call every operator is going to shout hallelujah because with every phone ring we know somebody made a decision for jesus christ so if you prayed with us tonight don't be afraid. Don't be scared. Call in. We're going to send you a beautiful leather New Testament Expositor Study Bible and the book that we wrote, Cross-Eyed, How to Have Victory Over Sin. You'll be so glad when that arrives in your in your house. And uh, I think when you get it, you're going to want to probably order more for your family, for Christmas presents, what have you. But again, the number to call is 716-229-8000. we up in Canada, one 888 444 And here tonight on Cross Side, it's going to be a great night. We're going to be talking tonight about how to walk in the Spirit, not to be in the flesh. How to have victory over sin. The Bible says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. But what does it mean to walk in the Spirit? How do I walk in the Spirit? We're going to be breaking that down for you tonight. And here in studio to help me tonight, uh, Pastor Frank Mataleone is here, and we're going to give you the word of God tonight. But before we get into all of that, we're going to go to a special song just to prepare your heart for what's coming. This song is going to bless you. If the Lord builds the house, no one, listen to me, no one can tear it down. Let the Lord build your house tonight, right here on Crossside Radio. That's Hope Darst, and let me just say, that song gets in my spirit. I feel like dancing. I don't know about you, and I might be a little biased and nothing against Hope Darst, but our daughter-in-law, Amanda Chory, sings it just a little bit better. I don't know. It's just, again, I might be biased, but anyways, that song, Unless the Lord Builds the House. No one's going to tear it down. And tonight here, we're building God's house as we preach and teach the word of almighty God. And listen, I want to say this to every one of our listeners out there who make this radio broadcast possible. We thank God for you. We thank God for your support, your prayers. And this radio broadcast has been going now for over 13 years, believe it or not. I think we, be, we began back in 2010 on WDCX. And it's been the Lord's radio station ever since, but he uses people like you to support it. It's completely 100% listener supported, so we thank you for that. And tonight, here, joining me in studio for the cross Side broadcast, Pastor Frank Mataleone on fire for Amen. Jesus. Amen. Got the revelation of the cross. Frank, good to see you tonight. You too, Pastor Mike. How's it going? How are you feeling today? Excellently, excellent. God yes. is good, and he's on the move. Hey, we he is on the move. We had a banquet the other night, and you were there, Samuel's Grand Manor. We had over 140 people come out to hear the vision of this coming event in Erie, Pennsylvania, Revive Us Again, and you were able to invite some pastors and filled some tables. How did it go on their end? Oh, tremendous. They had a great time.
2: As a matter of fact... Two tables were full of preachers of the cross. They had a fantastic time. As a matter of fact, one pastor said, gee, we ought to have a POTC meeting right here.
1: Right there at Samuel's Grand Manor. <laughs> That'd be nice. Tell, tell everyone about what POTC is and what God is doing in the western New York area of Pastor Frank. And let me just let everyone know, Pastor Frank is the associate pastor at the Bread of Life Church, Buffalo, New York. He's been there for 40 years served under Dominic Shapani and Lucy Schapani. This church has been a blessing to so many people for so many years. And also now, Pastor Frank, you're with us part-time coordinating POTC. Tell everybody about this exciting new fellowship.
2: The the fellowship POTC, or Preachers of the Cross, our pastors getting together, coming to know not only one another, but the word of the message of the cross, because we believe, number one, it is i'm not, not say we believe it is the word of god from genesis to revelation but we're coming together as preachers and we're going to get the message out because we believe it, this god's going to use this in the end time to bring a revival
1: amen i've been to a lot of uh pastor fellowships as you have pastor frank i mean after being in the ministry you've been 40 years i'm i think i got almost 35 years and uh, we've been to pastor meetings, and there's been a lot of good, one, good ones, prayer meetings, what have you, but this one's a little different. We, as preachers, get into the Word of God, and we study five, what we call the five pillars of faith, and those are justification, sanctification, glorification, divine healing, and the soon and imminent coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also study Bible prophecy. I should point that out, that he's coming soon. And each month, as we gather on the first Tuesday of the month, these pastors are hungry Mm -hmm. to learn the message of the cross. When we say, Frank, when we say the message of the cross, tell everyone, what does that mean to you, the message of the cross?
2: The message of the cross is actually Jesus went to the cross. He's the object of our faith. You know, if anybody asks you what the gospel is, it's Christ crucified in the cross. And what it means to me, he's come into my life. I've actually received him. But the cross is where it was the object of faith. I looked everywhere else for faith. But when I found out that the Bible says I've been crucified with Christ, no longer I that live it, but I live by the faith. And that word, the means Jesus Christ crucified in the cross because there's no other faith but that.
1: Right, and that's found in Galatians 2.20. It's a powerful verse. And so when we talk about the faith, we are talking about what Jesus did to redeem our soul, salvation, but also to rescue us from the power of sin's grip. Mm -hmm. And when I was a, a, a new Christian, no one told me, that the same faith that saved me was the same faith that would deliver me from every bondage of sin. Pastor Frank, I was taught you gotta be have strong willpower, you gotta be committed, you gotta keep your devotional life. They would give me steps of victory. Here's what you have to do in order to be delivered from whatever it was, lust, anger, gambling, a bad attitude, depression. And I did not hear... Faith in the finished work of the cross is what will set you free. And I know you didn't hear that either. No, I didn't. Many churches today, many pastors don't know this message or they've ignored it or looked away from it. And it's causing so many Christians to be in trouble today.
2: You know, the thing about it is, and it really has, we think we have to do something and Jesus already did it. And what I was taught was, you know, I'm going to be a good Christian and I'm going to attempt to attain and God will accept me. We're talking about walking in the Spirit. And, you know, I was always trying to attain that walking in the Spirit. But every time I fell short of the glory of God, I fell short and sinned, I thought, well, I'm no longer walking in the Spirit. Because uh, I realized, hey, you know what? The Bible says here in Romans 8 9, it says, but Mm. you are no longer in the flesh But in the spirit, if so, be that Christ, the spirit of God dwells in you. What I realize is that I once I accepted Christ, I was in the spirit. So now I had to order my steps, which was walk. See, I'm in the spirit. And and Colossians 2, 6 says, just as you received him. So ye walk in him. There you go. Just as you received them. The thing is, we're trying to walk. Before we receive, and when you're walking, it's because you are in the spirit. You know, I get up in the morning and I'm in the spirit. I don't have to do a thing, mm. and that you know that's where we as Christians miss
1: it. Well, and so many today um, are hearing messages that are you know they could be good in nature, but they're not focused on the right object. And so when the apostle Paul said, "I have determined not to know anything else but Jesus Christ and Him crucified." When I saw that, I realized if the Apostle Paul needed to be completely cross-eyed, always looking to the cross, that's what we mean by cross-eyed. My eyes are not on myself. They're not on the church or my denomination or my pastor or some program of man. My eyes are on what Christ did for me on the cross. When that blood came streaming down, that wooden beam, the price was paid. And when he gave up the ghost— and he died. He died to separate that sin nature that was controlling us from uh, from our being. And so, when we get saved, God puts in us His Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. And the Bible calls it the divine nature. In Second Peter one four, it says, "We have become all partakers of the divine nature; those that are born again." And so, I have. You have. Every child of God has the nature of God through the person of the Holy Spirit living in us. But it's not automatic now. Like, oh, I'm born again. I'm automatically going to be set free. I have to regulate my life according to faith in what Christ did on the cross. When God told Joshua, the land is yours, Joshua had to go take it. It was the promise was I'm giving it to you, but he had to appropriate it. And when we realize the victory of the cross is there for me, but I got to take it. Mm-hmm. And I take it by simple faith, believing, mm-hmm. trusting in it. If, if I said to you, you know, if I jump in that swimming pool of 10 feet of water, I'm going to drown. Cause I don't know how to swim, which is not the case. I know how to swim, but if it was, I didn't know how to swim. I would not jump in there. Why? Because I knew, I believed I would drown. If you truly believe in the finished work of the cross, the cross will work for you. And Frank, we have people say, well, you're always talking about the cross. You're talking about a wooden beam? No, we're not talking about the wooden beam, friend. We're talking about the work 2,000 years ago that defeated death defeated sin, defeated the grave and defeated the devil himself. this is the greatest news the world has ever here ever heard and it's the greatest news for the church mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. tonight we're gonna we're going to dive into this here and I want to say this about when you receive the revelation of the cross Paul who who was the first one to receive this great revelation, of how to live, how to walk in the spirit. He understood when he got the revelation of the cross, how the Holy Spirit works. If you do not have the revelation of the cross, you're going to be confused and frustrated. Pastor Frank, you recently in the last, what, year or so, God opened up this message to you and revived you. Mm -hmm. And, And, you know, we're pastors. I was a I wasn't a pastor at the time, but I had been in ministry. Let me think now. I was in ministry for over 14 years and did not know the revelation of the cross. And because I didn't have that revelation, I didn't know how the Holy Spirit works to give us victory.
2: Yes. uh, You know, when I got the revelation of it first, I had to cry out because I was at a place in my life where I was going through some turmoil. And, you know, when that happened and I cried out to God at that point, you know, I was at a place of brokenness. And it was like I was born again again. All of a sudden I started reading the scriptures and God started opening up the cross to me. And he realized, he showed me, he says, if I keep my eyes on the cross and deny myself, the key is, uh, even the Apostle Paul, and he says, you know, he kept saying, The things I'm doing, I don't want to do. I don't want to do the things I'm doing. But when he gave it over to the Lord and realized that it was through Christ Jesus, then 33 times in the book of Romans 7, we go into chapter 8, and that's the dynamics of salvation. 16 times, all of a sudden, Paul got his eyes off of himself, and he got his eyes on Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, it goes on and says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. But to be carnally minded, that, that word, you know, carnally minded, I heard a minister say that means trusting in yourself. And so to be spiritually minded is having your eyes on the cross and Christ crucified.
1: Well, you know, when we talk about the, having your mind on Christ. I mean Romans 8 5 says for they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit, the things of the spirit. So people who are habitually sinning, they've got their minds on the things of the world, the things that please their evil nature. This is really what the lifestyle of an unsaved person is. They're constantly thinking about what they can do, what they can enjoy. And sin is not a big deal to them, but the true believer in Christ who lives according to the Holy spirit and the things of the spirit, they're going to keep their mind on the things of God because the mind is where the battleground is. Mm -hmm. You know, Billy Graham said that a long time ago. He said the battlefield is in the mind. And so friend, as you, Meditate on the word of God. As you spend time thinking about the things of the kingdom of God, you're going to be walking in the spirit. But if you're always on your internet looking at things, you shouldn't be looking, you're on TV watching this, that and another, and you're really not in the word. You go to church maybe once a week and you got your mind, maybe on the worries of this world. You watch more CNN or, Fox News than you do study your Bible? Let's be honest, you're not going to walk in the Spirit. To walk in the Spirit, you've got to be a man that is reading his Bible, looking at it, studying it, and looking at it, Pastor Frank, from the eyes of Christ and what Christ did. I see the cross everywhere in the typology in the Old Testament, in the scriptures in the New. I mean, remember when Peter was asked, Who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. He confessed him as the Messiah. And Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. It starts with what you believe in your heart, who Jesus is. Who is he to you tonight, Canada? Who is he to you tonight? Western New York is Christ the Messiah of your life. Is he Lord of your life? And if he is the God's going to build his, his kingdom through you. He's going to build his church through you upon that confession, that belief that Jesus is who he said he is. He is the Messiah.
2: And I like that word through you. He's going to do it through you. You know, and, you know, walking in the spirit, it does say you're going to mortify the deeds of the flesh through the spirit. Many times, if you're going to walk in their flesh, you're going to have to get yourself out of the way because mortifying the deeds of the flesh is through the spirit.
1: Well, what does that mean? Because people are thinking mortify. How Mor- do you mortify the deeds of the flesh?
2: Mortify is put to death. But. It's through the Spirit. Well, if it's through the Spirit, then how does the Spirit do it? Well, He does it by faith and grace.
1: Amen, and that faith has to be riveted in Christ and what Christ did on Calvary. You know, uh, I can remember before I got saved, Pastor Frank, I had no desire to read the Bible, much less study it. However, when Christ came into my heart, the Bible instantly became my favorite book. If you are truly born again tonight, you love God's word. If you have no desire to read it, I, I would really question if you're saved because the spirit of God is, 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 gives you the desire for spiritual things. And when we talk about getting your mind on the things of the spirit, you mentioned earlier to be carnally minded is death. And that's what Romans 8, 6 says. But it also says to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Pastor Frank, what does it mean to be spiritually minded?
2: Spiritually mind is actually just what it says. You have your mind and walking in the spirit. You're thinking on those things that are good, just, pure. And, and like Pastor Mike, you said... You know, if we got more time to television you know, and all the things of this world, we're going to know more things of that are carnal than we are things that are of the spirit. So we really want to have our minds on the spirit of God. So we're not entangled with the things of this world. Right. And that's key.
1: Hallelujah. The word spiritually minded, it actually describes a person who is controlled or dominated by the Holy Spirit. You're either going to be dominated tonight by the sin nature or by the Spirit of God. And a mind that is dominated by the Holy Spirit produces life and peace. You're going to be a blessing to people. You're going to walk in peace. But if you're carnally minded, you're going to be irritable. You're going to always be in some kind of strife. You're going to be... Jealous or envious, you're going to be miserable at times because the sin nature makes you miserable, particularly if you're a believer, because here you are, you believe in Jesus, but you're not living it. And so tonight, what we want to see uh, for you and, and, and for you to understand, how does a child of God walk in the spirit? Now, in First Thessalonians five nineteen, it warns us, quench not the spirit. So as a believer, we can quench the spirit. And what does that mean? It means it's a Greek word that means to extinguish or to put out, meaning like the Holy spirit is like a fire in our lives. And John said that Jesus would baptize us with the Holy spirit and with fire. Luke three sixteen. So just, just as water, puts out literal fire, there are things that we do that put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. So what what do you think quenches or puts out the fire of the Holy Spirit? It's very simple, sin. And sin is a big deal to God. It may not be a big deal to a lot of people, but when you use words that are of profanity, I had a Christian the other day he dropped a four-letter word right in front of me. And you know what? He was not saying it for himself, but someone else said it, but he repeated it. And you know what? I could feel it quench the spirit immediately. Jesus said, it's not what you put in your mouth that defiles you, but it's what comes out of your mouth because with the mouth, the heart speaks. Pastor Frank, we can, as pastors... We can tell right away the state of someone if they're spiritual or carnal by their conversation. Yes, the words that they use. That's why in the Bible
2: says, let every word that comes out of your mouth, let no corrupt communication come out of your mouth, except that which is edifying that it may minister grace to the hearer. I say this. What's coming out of your mouth? Is it corrupt communication or is it something that's ministering grace to the spirit?
1: Amen. Amen. So be honest tonight. You know, your vocabulary. We also have a, a, a group of Christians, many in the church today that have no problem drinking alcohol. We've dealt with that on this program before. And you know what the Bible says? Do not be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. So alcohol is another way you quench the spirit. You, you, you we don't need, I don't need Alcohol. There is no alcohol. there haven't been alcohol in our house in 35 years, I guess. And we, me and my wife made the decision a long time ago. We're going the way of the spirit and not alcohol. And they call alcohol spirits. And that's not the spirit we want. We want the Holy Spirit to be spiritually minded. You got to get rid of the things that are going to quench the spirit. And one of the things, Pastor Frank, that I see that is very uh, disturbing in the church today is that we have people that they don't have any problem just just uh, getting involved in immorality, be it on the Internet, be it in a relationship, and any of that is going to quench the fire of the Holy Spirit. We have been called to holiness. We have been called to be set apart and if you want the holy spirit to be moving and operating you've got to set those things aside that are immoral to look at or listen to because they're quenching the spirit
2: right. you know and, and the key there too is if you allow and keep your eyes on the cross and stay off the things that quench the spirit the holy spirit has latitude in your heart to change you it's like a butterfly butter. Uh, Caterpillar Butterfly. in a cocoon. Yeah. Inside, you don't see what the, what's happening, but the bottom line is something's taking place. It's like God. He's inside your heart working by his Holy Spirit to actually make changes in your life for good. When he takes out and shows you that which is not good, he'll start removing them
1: as you yield. Only the revelation of the cross will propel the Holy Spirit to revive someone when I got revived, when you got revived, pastor Frank, it's when we got the revelation of the The cross, no revelation of the cross, no revival. They can call it revival all they want, but the Lord moves according to faith in the blood of Jesus. It was the blood of Jesus that atoned for sin. It was the blood of Jesus that sets the captive free and so what we study every week here on Crossside is the message of revival. Yes, Hallelujah. You wanted to mention something, uh, not only quenching the spirit,
2: but we can grieve the spirit. We can grieve the spirit. Yeah. You know, and in grieving the spirit, we actually sadden him. We come to a place in our lives. Well, well, like David and Bathsheba, you know, when they committed adultery, they grieved God. And God, you know, he didn't take it lightly, but it says God to not take his presence from him. And David said, cast not me away, Lord, from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit would come upon believers, those who believe, but the Holy Spirit would not come into a person's heart and abide. In the New Testament, though, he doesn't leave us, but we, we stop him from working in our lives. We lose that closeness The intimacy with God is there and we want it and he wants it with us. But we can grieve the spirit of God and come to a place in our life where that closeness starts to wane.
1: And and Pastor Frank, I want to I want to be real transparent with people on the listening tonight. Um, When you have a vision. That vision for God and for God to use you, it will bring constraint. When, when, Like we're in this season now that Joshua Revolution is coming up, we're under 40 days. From the banquet the other night at Samuel's Grand Manor uh, was 40 days. And there we are in that banquet room casting the vision of this meeting, encouraging people to come, bring their families, bring their churches. And for us, and I'm sure I speak for everybody on our team, we carry right now a responsibility And there is a fear of God on us. I do not want to get in the flesh at all. If I get in the flesh and grieve the spirit or quench the spirit, that, 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 that can really hinder what we're doing as we prepare for Joshua revolution. So I, I'm in this place. I've got to walk in the spirit. And, and there were 20 years ago, I didn't know how to do that. And today i know that it's keeping my faith properly placed in yeshua Hamashiach, jesus christ when i go to the word i see it everywhere in scripture i see it that that jesus christ is the object of our faith the cross and what he did there is where the sin nature is diffused it's where the devil is defeated and a lot of times what Christians think, you know, I just got to make sure I don't sin and, and stay away from these things that cause me to sin. But understand also, Satan is going to constantly try to get you to shift your faith from Christ and the cross. He's going to try to get you looking in other ways, get you looking into methods or programs or selfish indulgences. He knows when he gets your eyes off of Calvary, he's starting to erode your faith. And the believer's eyes, we must not take it off Jesus and the finished work of the cross. The spirit will be quenched and failure will soon follow if we turn away from what Christ did. And and here's the thing when I say keep your eyes on the cross, it means we're trusting. I'm not trying to produce my own victory. I'm believing that he is my victory. His blood is enough. And so my faith is not in what I do. My faith is in what Jesus did. It's done tonight. You
2: know, you keep mentioning that word quench. And I would just want to give you an example of how the quen- they quench the spirit. In the book of Numbers, it said that the Israelites had sinned by murmuring against Moses Hmm. and placed themselves under his judgment. So they sinned. So God used poisonous snakes to punish them. The snakes were attacking the people, causing even death. So Moses interceded for the people to be healed, and God answered the prayer. Here's Numbers 21.8. I'm going to read it to you. And the Lord said with Moses, make a fiery serpent, set it upon a pole, and it shall come to pass that everyone that has bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. When they looked upon it, it was a type of Calvary. And the serpent represented sin. Mm. And you know, the Bible says that Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. So if you look at the fact that at the, the fiery, if you look at the pole being a type of Calvary and you have that serpent, well, guess what? Jesus bore it, took it and he was sinless. Now we look at the cross and we see the finished work of Christ that was done.
1: That is a tremendous typology because the Lord said in Numbers 21, 9, look to the pole. And when they look to the pole, they would be healed. Today, we don't look to a brass pole from the Old Testament. We look to Calvary, where Jesus died. And friend, tonight, he's still healing. He's still delivering. And the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1.18, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. The world can't understand what we're talking about tonight but it says to us who are saved it is the power of god i know the power of the holy spirit starts flowing when the church is preaching the right message when we're preaching the blood of jesus when the azusa street revival broke out in in, in at azusa street in 1906 there was a man by the name of A.S. Worrell, he was a Bible translator. He said, I just wanted to go down there and see what is, what is the secret to revival? And when he left that meeting, he said the secret to the Azusa Street revival was they rediscovered, listen to me tonight, the blood of Jesus. And if you're going to a church and you don't hear the message of the cross, you don't hear the blood of Jesus, the spirit of God is going to be limited. He's not going to be moving and operating to save, to deliver, to heal. The other night we were in a meeting with Brother Donnie Swaggert, who came to preach. And Donnie was preaching a sermon entitled, I got a feeling something good is about to happen. And sure enough, when he gave the altar call that night, something good happened. There was a group of people that lined that altar. And there was a young girl, 13 years old, from Chautauqua Lake. She had driven with her mom an hour and a half to that meeting and she came up to that altar hungry for more of God. I could see it in her eyes, Pastor Frank, tears welled up in her, her eyes as she wanted to be filled. She was already born again, but she wanted to be filled with the spirit like they were filled in the book of Acts. And when, when Pastor Donnie laid his hands on and prayed for, her, she was filled And she began to speak in an unlearned language. All of a sudden she was speaking in a language she had never learned. And Pastor Donnie just said, there it is. You got it. And she was so thrilled and so amazed what was coming out of her mouth. She just reached her hands, this 13 year old girl and hugged the preacher because she was so ecstatic that she had been filled, came back to prayer that night with her mother and was just so happy and her mother said, We're, we we want to come to Erie, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. We want to be there for the revival. That is a mother who knows where to bring her daughter to be filled with the spirit. And that day after pastor Donnie preached, you could see in Sarah's eyes. Something was different. Mm-hmm. Walking in the spirit is being filled with Jesus, getting your mind on the things of Jesus Christ, be a soul winner. You love your Bible and and listen, you can't produce that. I can't conjure that I can't preach you into that. Only the Holy Spirit can give you that and he will when you place your faith in the finished work of the cross.
2: And I'll tell you along with that that there's a Zoe life of God that comes out of you as you walk in the Spirit. And you open up, Man. you have a, you have a heart for souls like you've never had before. And you got your eyes off yourself and you're looking outward. And and Pastor Mike, I wanted to say when you were saying it's the power of God unto salvation, the cross. Well, in, in Romans 116, it says that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. And the expository, it says, said it is the reference to the cross. He wasn't ashamed because of of the reference of the cross. That's the power. And so, therefore, the power of God unto salvation. Folks, when you have your eyes on the cross, when you're you're not ashamed because of Christ crucified and the cross living in your heart, empowering you. And as it says and the holy spirit will come upon you and you will receive power t- to be a witness
1: amen amen and you know there is a warning in the bible that we are not to preach any other message i mean when you when you start preaching uh, another way to be to be delivered you are actually preaching another jesus there is only one message that sets the captive free it is the gospel message, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. So there are many today that are not preaching the cross, but another gospel. But Frank, we're starting to see there is a reformation. And and I know when, when I received the revelation of the cross, I didn't even realize that I had left my first love, that I had moved away. God had to show that to me. And it was grieving to see that you know what? I'm missing the main part of the Bible. And so when you go to verses like you just went to in Numbers 21, look in the Old Testament when the the bitter waters of Mara, they had nothing to drink. And God led them to the bitter waters, and they couldn't drink because the waters were bitter. And the people were crying they were going to die of thirst. And Moses went to the Lord, and the Lord said, throw a tree in the water. And he took a tree, which is a type of the cross. Obviously, Jesus died on a tree. And when he threw the tree into the bitter waters of Mara, the Bible said they became sweet. And so whatever tonight is plaguing you, whatever is bitter in your life, it could be drugs. It could be, it could be a million things. It could be alcohol. Frank, it could be someone tonight has a gambling problem. They cannot stop going to the casino or buying lottery tickets. Listen, put the cross into your problem and believe and trust for the Lord to deliver you tonight and those bitter waters will become sweet. Someone tonight, your marriage is in trouble and, and, and it looks like it's gonna end in divorce. Throw the tree, the, what Jesus did, put it into your bitter waters and let God heal you. Ask him to revive your love for your spouse and he will do it. As you take your marriage to Calvary and say, Jesus, I need you to forgive me for the way I've treated my wife or my husband. Revive me, revive my love. Frank, he will do that. I've seen yes, it so many times.
2: Yes, he will. And you know, the thing that came to me, the bitter waters will be made sweet. I, right away that came to my mind was that Bitterness. And so therefore, eat with all the other things that Pastor Mike who's talking about. Bitterness is truly something that needs you need to go to the cross, repent of it, and your bitterness will become sweet, because you'll be looking at the cross and him crucified, and God will just heal you of the bitterness and unforgiveness.
1: Amen. And tonight we want to take you to the only place you can be delivered. You can be set free. Somebody might be listening tonight. You're not born again. You've never had a change in your life. I want to tell you tonight, Jesus loves you. And he loves you so much that he got up on that cross for you. And he hung there for six hours. Man was created on the sixth day. Six is the number of man. For six hours, Jesus Christ hung and died on a cruel cross so that you and I could be forgiven. But he will not force his forgiveness on you you must receive it. And how do I receive it, you say? You humble yourself. Admit to God that you have sinned and broken his laws and repent. That means change your mind about the way you've been living and want to live for God. Ask Jesus tonight to forgive you and to deliver you from the bondage and the shekels of sin where you just seem like every time you turn around, you're quenching the spirit or grieving him tonight the Lord wants to deliver you and it's by simple faith in what Jesus did for you so I'm going to ask you to pray with me Pastor Frank's going to help you and I want you to mean it with all of your heart with every word you're making your commitment you're you're putting your trust in what he did to break the chains of sin right now I believe Satan's going to be defeated as you pray with us and you mean it with all of your heart Now just repeat this prayer after us. Dear Heavenly Father,
2: Dear Heavenly Father,
1: I come to you in Jesus' name.
2: I come to you in Jesus' name.
1: Lord, I'm sorry for my sin.
2: Lord, I'm sorry for my sin.
1: For the things I've done.
2: For
3: the things I've done. And the way I've lived. And the way I've lived. And tonight I want to
2: repent. And tonight I want to repent.
1: I want to turn my life over to you.
2: I want to turn my life over to you.
1: Jesus, come into my life.
2: Jesus, come into my life. And save me. And save me.
1: Come into my life and deliver me
2: come into my life and deliver me. I believe in you. I believe in you.
1: I believe you died on the cross.
2: I believe you died on the cross.
3: And three days later, and three days later, you rose from the dead. You rose from the dead. And right now, and right now, I open up my heart. I open up my heart. And I invite you, and I invite you, to come into my life, to come into my life, and be my personal, and be my person. Lord and Savior. Lord and Savior.
1: Lord and when my life is over.
3: Lord and when my life is over. I
1: ask you for a home in heaven.
3: I ask you for a home in heaven. And right now. Right now. I believe. I believe. By faith. By faith I'm washed. I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm cleansed. I'm saved. I'm saved. In Jesus name. In
1: Jesus name. Amen. And amen. And if you just prayed that simple prayer of repentance and you meant it with all your heart and you want to live for God, we want to help you tonight. We've written a book called cross How to Have Victory Over Sin, and we'll send it to you postage paid free of charge to help you in your walk with God. If you've received this book, we have written also the book, The Holy Spirit, The Greatest Gift Given to the Church. It's actually called The Mighty River. And if you would like that book, just ask for The Mighty River. The Cross-Eyed or The Mighty River, Either book will send it to you, postage paid free of charge for praying with us tonight. The number to call in the Greater Buffalo area, 716-229-8000. 716-229-8000. Up in Canada, 1-888-444-2920. 1-888-444-2920. Operators are waiting now to take your call and to send you either cross side or the mighty river. And listen, tonight, the greatest thing that's happened is you've come to Jesus Christ. And we're shouting hallelujah. Pastor Frank, thanks for being with us tonight. It's been a joy. It was a joy too. We love you. Keep up the great work with the preachers of the cross. And thank you for all you in Western New York that support this radio broadcast. We love you. And get your tickets. Go to joshuarevolution.org. Make your plans December 27th through the 29th. We're going to be looking for you. God bless you and thank you for being a part of this broadcast tonight. Lord willing, we'll be back next week.
0: You have been listening to Cross Eyed, a radio talk show sponsored by Joshua Revolution. If Crosside has been a blessing to you, please let us know by sending a testimony of how the program has helped you. If you would like to support Crosside financially, you can send financial gifts to Joshua Revolution, PO Box 923, Grand Island, New York 14072 or go online to joshuarevolution.org. We thank you for your help and prayers and remember to tune in next week at 9:30 p.m. for Crosside, a radio show proclaiming the message of the cross.